On today's show, we will be joined by a very, very special guest, a guy who bleeds Rockets Red as much as anybody. You may know him as Manny Delgado from a little show called Modern Family. Rico Rodriguez joins us to talk about his Rockets fandom, thoughts on the current team and the rebuild, and dropping in a few questions about his time on one of the best sitcoms ever, coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six. Five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and also host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, where we sincerely thank you for making Locked on Rockets your first listen each and every day. Joining us now is a very, very special guest, a huge Rockets fans, one of the biggest Rockets fans I think I may have ever come across. You may know him as Manny Delgado from a little show known as Modern Family, my guy Rico Rodriguez. How's it going, Rico? What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to have you here on the show. It's taking a lot of willpower to not absolutely fan out for one of my one of my favorite show actors ever in modern uh, all time great show. If if I do uh, say thank so. you, uh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I mean, I'm I'm geeked out because I just get to be on Locked On Rockets. What? It's awesome. <laughs> well, and and thankfully, right? It's it's good vibes. Rockets are fresh off of a win against yeah. the Utah Jazz, so things you know are feeling pretty great. And, you know, I, but I, before we dive into talking about this, this current Rockets team, I want to get to know you a little bit, a little bit better. So just kind of starting out, you know, you, you grew up kind of just outside of the Houston area and now you're, you're based out of and living out of LA now, right? Yeah. So I was born and raised in Bryan College Station, Texas. So I'm about an hour and a half from Houston. And then, you know, our acting career started and um, my mom, my sister and I, we moved out to LA when I was like six years old. And so that's kind of been a nice little, um, dynamic to have a home in LA and a home here in Texas. So like whenever we're back home and I'm working hard and I go back for a vacation, I come back here because here we live in the country. It's nice open air, no neighbors right up uh, you know, above you, below you on the sides. It's like, it's perfect. You know, I, I, I have to commend you for, you know, you, you moved to LA at such an early age and I, I absolutely have to commend you Rico for not like becoming a Lakers fan, right. For staying true to your Houston roots and well, you know, your Brian roots, but you know, right out, right outside of Houston, right? Just right so, out, right out. I, so, I, I bleed H town. So it's all good. There we go. And that's what, that's what, that's what we love to hear on this podcast, right? Somebody that bleeds rockets, red H town, red. It's, it's going to be incredible. I, I've got to know though. Do you, do you ever get into it with Lakers fans out there in LA? <laughs> So, okay, so it's funny. So kind of, so growing up, I was never really a sports guy. I never really paid attention to any kind of sports. The only thing I really was into was WWE. That, that was my main thing growing up. That was, that was all I knew, all I cared about. And so for, during our first season of the show, we filmed an episode during a Lakers game. And in the episode, we got to have Kobe Bryant on our show. 
And so that was the coolest thing because all I knew was, oh, this big time basketball players on the show. I got to meet them. I got to meet a couple other others. I got to, you know, step on the, the court. And so that was kind of the first team where it kind of like introduced me to basketball to where I can watch it because and knowing what I know now, I probably wouldn't have. But back then, I, I definitely rooted for them just so that they could win because of the fact that I, I, I met Kobe and I, they worked with me and they were nice people. I'm like, okay, you know, go Lakers, I guess. And then I and then I righted the ship and then I learned. And then I learned, okay, no, 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 I, I got I got to go to Houston. So it's funny, like whenever I became like a Rockets fan, I always kind of was one just like in the back of my head. I just didn't know it yet. It was like that, you know, like in the movie where like the, the superhero has that unlocked power and like, <laughs> you know, it doesn't come into like the middle of it. And then like, he's able to like beat down some bad guys. Like that's kind of how it was. So I was always, I was always a Rockets fan because my dad, like learning now, my dad, he, he when my brothers were younger, uh, he took them to go see Hakeem Olajuwon play. And I'm like, what? Like, I was jealous hearing that now. I'm like, how? And so, you know, growing up, I kind of just was already one. And then it kind of just opened the floodgates once I started learning basketball, learning the sport. I'm like, okay, I like this. And then I just gravitated right towards the Rockets because it was just the most natural step. I love that. I love that. I love that you say you righted the ship. That's that's incredible. Yes. So, it, it, then walk me through it, Rico. At what point like, do, do you have, like, a defining moment where you can really remember, like, a distinct, like, a standout memory specifically to do with the Rockets where you were like, no, like, okay, yeah, maybe I've been kind of rooting for the Lakers a little bit, obviously, you know, close to proximity and everything, but, you know, where was that moment that kind of clicked for you where, like, you know, like, I've got to be a Rockets fan and, and you know, this is what I, this is the team I got to root for. So, okay, so just to be clear, whenever I say I rooted for the Lakers, it was one time and, and that was literally, that was the last bit. I never, like, I, I was, yeah, that was it. That was it. That was it. Just that. Once they won the championship, I was like, oh, they won. Good for them. I wasn't like, oh, go Lakers. I was like, okay, good for them. They won. So <laughs> I, I would say, so I kind of started, so like when, Jay, obviously James Harden, that, that's the dude where that really got me into being a Rockets fan. And so he was already on the team maybe like a couple years. And then I really started paying attention towards free agency. And then I saw we got Dwight Howard. And that was kind of the really first season like that off season going into where I was like, I knew all the players. I knew, I knew what was happening. I knew what we were going trying to do in free agency. And then I kind of just, you know, dive right in. I, I was kind of like from there, that was like the standout moment. Like, you know, we got Dwight and then I just started watching games and we were just, I was then from there I was hooked because then all of a sudden James Harden was my dude. And that was my guy my favorite basketball player. And I was just ready to go. And so, that was kind of like my defining moment to where, hey, this is a really fun team, a really great player, and I got to see them, you know, kind of start to mold into like kind of like what the Rockets are kind of today. And so it was awesome because then from there, I start to learn history about it. You know, I didn't know anything about the championships beforehand. I just knew that what I was watching was what I was watching. And it was kind of funny because that season, of course, I was thinking of it like in the car of like, you know, how I became a Rockets fan and like that my first season watching it. And like, I watched every game. I paid attention to everything. You know, Woj was on, you know, news alerts as he is now. I mean, always. And so it was funny because I remember like how kind of like when you're introduced as a sports fan of, you know, you see their success, but like, have you been there when they had a loss, when they had a losing season? You know, that's kind of how a lot of fans define each other. If you're a true fan of like, were you during the, the hard times where they had a losing season, like the Astros or whatever? And so it was funny because that my first season, like, I was tasting that success of, like, oh, Harden and Dwight, and then Damian Lillard knocks it out of the playoffs. And that was, like, a 
man, I'm like, well, I'm in it to win it now. I'm in it now. If I can withstand this, I can withstand anything. Oh man, I I love that you bring up that point, right? It's it's there. There have been uh, unfortunately a lot of tragic memories for this Rockets team <laughs> in, in in recent years. Like we're just talking like the last decade, and yeah. uh, like point point nine seconds is one of them that will forever live on. I can't not see to this day. Like if the shot clock or the game clock ever like freezes on point nine seconds, oh, I immediately like have like PTSD flashbacks yep, to the Dame Lillard. Yep, same. It's like anytime, anytime there's time left, I just know like it's the Rockets. Something crazy will happen. So let's just wait till it's over and we actually win, and then I'll celebrate and go crazy. Until then, it's like look, just watch the game because when it's the Rockets, literally anything can happen. Always, it, it really, you, you really can't count out anything when it comes to the Houston Rockets. Rico, I want to ask you about how you've adjusted your fandom and what your thoughts are on this current Rockets team. We're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today where when you use promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports bet online where the game starts and continuing on here at locked on rockets your daily podcast home for everything houston rockets basketball as always thank you for making locked on rockets your first listen each and every day for your second listen go check out the locked on now podcast nightly recaps of all the nba action across the landscape listen to locked on now apple spotify or watch it on the locked on nba youtube channel continuing on with our special guest rico rodriguez now rico how have you you know, you talk about you. You kind of you kind of got into the thick of things. You know, kind of right at the, the the beginning of the James Harden era. So, how have you kind of adjusted your fandom from right the 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 Harden era, the competing for for titles, playoffs, all of that, the deep playoff runs, to now where the Rockets are? You know, in the midst, you know, of this rebuild with with their young young crop of guys. You know, I think it kind of turned into a thing where, you know, because a lot of the NBA nowadays, a lot of fans are player driven where they, wherever a, a player goes like, I mean, like, obviously, like LeBron James, like they're Cavalier fans. And then he goes to the Heat and they become Heat fans and then they become Laker fans and whatnot. So I was kind of like, you know, it was tough. I mean, seeing kind of the front, you know, seeing the franchise guy go after what, you know, he brought me to the Rockets. But I think what, what made it even more special is because like during his time, I got to meet a lot of awesome people within the Rockets, like, you know, getting to go to games like Daryl Moore, like that, like, like from, from becoming a fan of the Rockets and then to like knowing people within like the organization and being able to hang out and kind of, you know, pick their brain and just have fun and, you know, enjoy their presence. That, that kind of became a thing where it was more than just, you know, I was a fan of one player. I was, I was a fan of the team. And, and that kind of always was, something even from the beginning, like James Harden was my favorite player on my favorite team. So what could go wrong? You know, like those were my two favorite things. And so, you know, losing him was definitely tough. You know, it was, you know, the situation was crazy. You know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> you know, oh um, man, not the situation is crazy I drop. I love crazy. it. <laughs> I love when rocket Twitter brings that up with like any other team that's kind of going through stuff. I'm like, Oh, is the situation crazy? Like if, if it hasn't gone that route, then that route yet, then, you know, it's not that crazy yet. But, you know, yeah, losing him was tough, but also looking towards the future and, like, you know, with, like, losing everybody. I mean, D'Antoni, you lost, and then you lost Harden, you know, you lost, 
you know, Daryl, that was, that was tough. But then it really shows you like, Hey, you know, I'm a true fan of like, I don't care what happens. I'm still going to root, watch every game, watch every preseason game. That's just what I do. I, re I revolve my schedule around, you know, when the Rockets play. So, okay. They play at seven Texas time. I'm ready to go. So if I'm in LA, okay. Five o'clock California time, I'm on the TV watching the Rockets and whatnot. So having them leave was tough, but my love for the Rockets overpowered that. So now, you know, looking forward towards the future, you know, you have, you know, KPJ. It was like the whole KPJ, like he was our only young guy at the time and, you know, kind of going in and then, and then you get the draft and I don't know, it's awesome. You know, being able to see, it's a special connection when you're able to watch a player develop and you were there from the beginning from when he first came onto the team. So like in 10 years when Jalen Green's on, you know, seven all-star appearances and, you know, going for, you know, scoring titles. We're going to sit back and look back at this podcast and be like, yo, I mean, this was a special moment. You know, I got to see his first game, his first NBA points, you know, that type of thing. It was kind of like a, a thing with like, like Clint Capella. Like I, I, like he was like in my heart, like, oh, I saw him get drafted. Like he was the first player we saw get drafted, turn into this like perennial all-star dude. Like he could, he could do it all. You know what I mean? And so now like doing this rebuild, I'm really excited because the future is so bright and like Rafael Stone has done such a fantastic job at just like getting talent and just like putting guys together. And like, sometimes with mesh, no, but like, we're still on the right path. You know what I mean? Like there's so much talent and so much like, just like the future is just so bright. And I, and that's what I love. You know, I, one, I love the shout out to Rockets Twitter because that was where, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it really, I got to admit, man, it, I'm sure it throws people for a loop because you are so active on Rockets Twitter as far as just like interacting, like liking tweets and stuff. Yeah. And that's when I first, like, I realized I was like, I was like, yo, this is, this is Rico from Modern Family, like liking my Rockets tweets. Like what's, and I don't know, I don't know who it was at first because somebody that like follows me, like whether, I don't know if it was like Roosh or like Bindu Bose or somebody, but somebody that follows me, one of the bigger accounts was like retweeting my stuff occasionally. And that was when you would be like liking them and then I'd see that and I'd be like, well, what, but what, he doesn't follow me yet. And I'd be, I would, well, you, I would well, you see like, like, like I have to interact with Rockets Twitter because out there in LA, it's lonely. <laughs> I mean, I only have one other, I have two other friends who are Rockets fans and that's it. Everyone else is Lakers. And it's so funny because like I, Houston sports Twitter in general is like uh, the most amazing thing. It, it is, it is so funny because our guys are just so involved. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's, a, it's a fan base where like they care so much that like it becomes this whole thing. And so like I would put our Twitter fandom over any sports people ever because like you know like like it's funny like the whole like like you said earlier like I didn't argue with Laker fans but like Dodger fans then yeah then you were talking different talk you know what I mean because you know rooting for the Astros in LA is like you're asking for it but like the Rockets Twitter is so fun and that's where I keep up with all like once I decided like I always had them on like my Twitter searches right I always had them so like after every game during a game I go on and all these guys and I start looking 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 and then I'm like okay you know what I'm just gonna involve myself because it's a lot of fun to be involved with the people like I think Ben was one of the first ones I, I started to follow first and then it kind of like introduced me because like he would interact with everybody so then I was able to get everybody's tweets so then from there I was like you know what? I'm just gonna start it I mean it's fun and like it, it's it's fun to be able to have that talk and like you know hey you know I'm I'm a I'm a guy out there I'm on tv I'm in LA but I still root for Houston 
It's it's fun to have you as part of the the Rockets <laughs> fandom and community, and it's it's like we've got like that celebrity representation. Like we need to get you, we need to get you a Rico and one account, like the Halsey and one account, and that'll oh, just yeah. be like your, your exclusive basketball Twitter yeah, account where you can just blow it all up. Talk. Yes. Um, all right, so I, I uh, let's talk a little bit about this current team, this current crop of guys. As, as far as the season goes, all right, we, we you already hit on, you know, the Rockets went through the draft. They pulled in, you know, some really talented, amazing rookies, yeah. Jalen Green, Alperin Shingun, Josh Christopher, who has been incredible. Usman Garuba, unfortunately, not getting as much run as those other three guys, but still mm -hmm. showing a lot of flashes, a lot of talent. So far, Rico, who has been, who have you enjoyed watching the most out of that group of Rockets rookies that they just brought in and why? So honestly, I think I think it's kind of a unanimous answer. Shingun, he look, man, I mean, that man is is so cool. Like, like all in all, like the fact, like coming into the draft, when I had a, a watch party with a friend of mine in LA who who's a big Rockets fan. And I, I had I had gone away from the TV. We had just drafted Jalen, so I thought, okay, we're good, and then we have another pick later on. So I was kind of like, I had to like tend to some other things. And then all of a sudden I got a notification like, oh, we traded. We're with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what the heck? What's happening? And I'm like, this dude from Turkey, who is this? Like, I, I had no idea. Until then, like, you know, he got drafted. And then he said the, the, the most famous words in, you know, Rockets history. You know, hey, Houston fans, I'm so happy. Like, I use that every time I see him. Like, every time he makes a bucket, I, tell, I, look, I look over to my sister. I'm like, I bet you he was so happy he had the hook shot. <laughs> I bet you he was so happy. Like, like when, like whenever uh, KPJ hit that uh, dagger last night, and, like, he went right up and went like that. I'm like, yeah, he's so happy he hit that shot. Like, like that, like, he makes me so happy to watch him because, like, he's really good, too. And so, like, going through, like, then, like, Summer League, and then I got to see him, like, play. I'm like, yo, this guy is really good. And, like, you know – for the new crop of guys, obviously, like, Jalen's obviously a number one because, I mean, he's he's our guy. He's going to be our guy. But, like, Shingun kind of came out of nowhere. And it was kind of like whenever I saw him do his free throw routine, then I remembered – then I remembered I knew who he was already because, like, earlier on, like, that year, um, he had been, like, gone – he had, like, went viral on, like, Bleacher Report or something of, like, his routine. I'm like – so then I put two and two together. I'm like, oh, okay, I knew of the guy. I just didn't know the guy. And so now, like, you know, the whole – and, you know, the whole thing of, like, him getting more minutes, like, I, I love it. You know, he he needs them. And then, like, when he does it, it's okay. You know, it's all about a, a developmental year. But every time he gets on the court, he just amazes me. It, it's like he's doing something that I've literally never seen before. He's got – I mean, his highlight reel at just 19 years old yes. and, and just a half a season of run is insane. It's it's better than some guys, you know – maybe I won't go so as far as to say some guys' entire NBA careers, but it's just – it seems like every night he walks out there and he has, like, at least, like, one jaw-dropping pass or does something move or something, and you're just like, well, who is this guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, where did this guy come from? Well, he came from Turkey, and he's a former MVP, so, like, but we should knows what he's doing, which is, which is incredible. But – uh. Like in addition to obviously, you know, this season has been all about, you know, development and really focusing on the young guys. And even though the, the wins haven't been stacked, you know, in the favor of the Rockets and there has been a, a decent chunk of losing, there's been some really competitive games, right? So far, what has been your favorite game of the season to this point? There's really not a wrong answer because there's a good, no. there's a good chunk to choose from. <clears throat> oh yeah. Honestly, last night was great. Um, I would say the win against Chicago, which kind of like, started the like the future is bright campaign again like it started brought us out of that losing streak and it just felt so good 
to get a win when we just hadn't had one in 15 straight games or something like that. It was like it was so awesome. But like also like the loss early on to the Lakers and like I don't know like like the seventh game or something really early where like KPJ almost missed the game winner. Like that kind of like that game it showed me like when in general these guys play hard and that's what I love to see. So obviously when any time you know, you have a game where it's just like where there was no effort. Like, oh, man, that's a hard loss. So you can't take a loss like that. But a loss where, you know, especially during a, a, a rebuild where, like, you play hard and you lose, those are the type of games where, like, yo, like, that's going to that's gonna come back in a positive way of, like, look, we can do something amazing. But I think, ah, what game was that? I think, like, the Charlotte game was great. It just kind of was a hard fall back and forth game where you didn't know if, if the young guys could pull it out. You know what I mean? Like, could, could they pull it out? Could they could they come up clutch? Could they do it? And they did. You know, it, it took. And then now, like, we're 7-2 and two in point, and games less than five points. Like, that's weird because early on, like, our record shouldn't be like that. You know what I mean? Like, to have 7-2 and two in close games, but, like, we have a losing record. Like, it shows you, like, if we play hard and get in the clutch, we can squeak out a win. And honestly, you know, just, just games like that are, are, are the ones where it's like, yeah, like, that's what I like to see. That Charlotte game was an absolute shootout, the one that went to overtime. I love yes. that one for sure. And you're right. It gave them that opportunity, right? Those close games where it's a huge learning opportunity for these young guys mm-hmm. to be in those close games down the stretch and try. And the Rockets are 7-2, and two, as you alluded to. And they're also really effective offensively in the fourth quarter, one of the better offensive teams in the league in the fourth quarter. So it's a great sign that these rookies and that Steven Silas is, is trusting these rookies mm-hmm. to have those opportunities to grow mm-hmm. late in these fourth quarter situations. Because mm-hmm. I know I know losing is important, you know. A lot of people advocate losing for a rebuild to get a draft pick, and that's fine. I'm never I've never been the one to advocate to let's just lose the game, let's play good and lose. I'm always the type where you know I want to create a winner, and the only way to win is to to be a winner is to win. That's always where I felt that it's important, especially during a rebuild. Or if you lose a game because you're just too young and the other team was better, that's fine. But but to have like a lead and, and to lose it or some crazy way to or like no effort like I've never been an advocate to like let's just go ahead and lose to lose so we can get a good draft pick. I'm always been the type to you know an organic take. So if we lose we lose, but if we win we win. And I and this season especially it's been a really up and down. Like if we didn't start out so historically bad, I think our season would definitely be different as to where we may be looking at maybe not to you know try to ship off all of our vets you know we may be looking to add something or just keep the core together because I definitely think that yes our record is bad but it isn't necessarily where it's like hmm, we should be terrible we're actually a good team we just didn't start out at all good you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That that fifteen game losing streak was was pretty brutal, unfortunately. And if that fifteen game losing streak hadn't happened, if we're looking at you know a Rockets team that you know didn't start with a double big lineup, maybe we're looking yeah. at a team that's vying for you know a bit of a play in spot, you know, being yeah. a little bit more competitive because their their net rating for the new starting lineup, the one that we've had as of late, KPJ, Jalen Green, Eric Gordon, Jay Shante, Christian Wood, the net rating for that lineup's actually been pretty positive. It's floating around like six point seven or seven point two yeah. somewhere around there. That's a pretty solid net rating for a yeah. starting lineup, and then. The additions of Garrison Matthews, oh. Armani Brooks. Like, I mean, it's been that man, it's been great. <laughs> Gary, <laughs> Gary Bird. Bird. Holy smokes. I, you know, I have always, my mom, my mom has always, I, we've always been the type of people who are like, anytime a new player comes, we're embracing them and all that. And it's like, it's always a coincidence that a, a player who's down on their luck or needs a, a shine up 
somehow always comes to the Rockets, and and these role players all of a sudden burst onto the scene, and these guys are like hooping. And I think that my mom's always said, like, you know, we give them a chance. And for Gary Bird, that that was crazy. I mean, I don't know if we expected this. Maybe we did. I don't know. But, like, he has come in and literally changed everything of, of to why this season's good again. You know what I mean? Like, he came in at, at the perfect time, and he's shooting lights out, and, it's, and it was perfect. And then he went off, and then we had this win streak, and then – you know, we lost some of this, like, whenever he – like, he's he reminds me of, like, early on, like, EG. Like, EG, like, this season, like, where he would just pull up from anywhere. Or, like, Gerald Green. I mean, Gerald Green would literally pull up off the dribble, off the catch. It didn't matter if he was on one leg. He was pulling up. And that's what this – like, last night when he hit those two deep threes, I'm like, what is happening? Like, he's hitting those consistently. And I'm like, I love it. Like, I love it. And then, like, the legend of his name now, like, Gary Bird, like, <laughs> it's the best. I mean, that's why, again, like, Rocket Twitter is the best because, like, we're so, like, we're part troll, part meme gods, part, like, big fandoms of our team. Like, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, the, the the Garrison Matthews hype and that that whole story was just incredible. And the Rockets have been, they've looked like a completely different team since he got thrown into the fold. They're actually, uh, with Garrison Matthews on board, they're 13 and 16 with Garrison Matthews. So, wow. like, this is a team that is is hovering around the 500 mark and would absolutely be, you know, in the play-in hunt, like, had they maybe had Garrison Matthews a bit yeah. earlier on. Again, the no double big lineup, all that good stuff. But... Rico, coming up, I want to get into the Mount Rushmore of your favorite Rockets players. We're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar. It's the New Year's, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your New Year's plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Honestly, maybe even better than a candy bar. They've got so many amazing flavors to choose from. Strawberry, mint brownie, peanut butter, cookies and cream, my personal favorite, coconut brownie chunk. You can't go wrong with a single bar on their menu. Every single bar is low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. These are these are basically candy bars that are jam-packed with protein. They're healthy, they're good for you, and it's going to make you it's going to make your new year's resolution so much easier to uphold if you check out built bar and you can check them out just go to built.com and use promo code lock 15 to get 15 percent off your very next order of the best tasting protein bars on the market again that's promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at built.com And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, go check out Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Make a little money with Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Free and available on all platforms. Wherever you listen to this show, you can listen to Locked on Bets. Rounding third, headed for home here in this episode with our very special (laughs) guest, Rico Rodriguez. Rico, I got to know, and it, I, I think this, inter- this answer is going to be really interesting for you because, mm-hmm. right, so many different fans and fandoms, right? You've got, like, the OG fans who have followed the team since, like, the 70s, 80s. Yeah. You've got, like, the newer age fans, which I think you kind of fall into that category. So yeah. I think your, your answer and my answer here are going to be very different. But if you had to pick a, a Mount Rushmore of your favorite Houston Rockets players, and I'll, you can go whatever direction you want with this. For me, I, I happen to, like – like, let me be upfront. Hakeem's not on my Mount Rushmore of my personal favorites just because I didn't get to experience him the way yeah, that other true, Rockets true. fans did. So, so if you had to name your Mount Rushmore, your your four all-time favorite Rockets, who would they be? 
So I feel like, I, you know, again, like knowing the history that I know, I'm going to kind of go the route of like all time Rockets just all together. So for me, um, for me, 1A, 1B, but definitely one first one would be Hakeem. You can't not talk about the Rockets without mentioning Hakeem Olajuwon just because of how great he is. Second, I got to go James Harden because I think the beard would look great in stone. Like, all the way down. You know what I mean? No, but, you know, Harden helped change the franchise coming around again. You know, made them made really relevant after the whole, you know, the other era of, like, you know, T-Mac and Yao. It kind of brought them back to, you know, something that was really special. Um, I would say Yao Ming because, again, you can't talk about the Rockers without talking about Yao Ming. And the fourth one, I'm kind of hovering between a few guys just because of uh, how much – you know, just like relevance they have within the team, but I would, I would probably go. Hmm, I'm, I'm like between Clyde, Tracy McGrady, or Calvin, Ooh. because, because I, I love, because again, I didn't see. Obviously, I, I didn't even see Calvin play at all. He was long retired by the time I was born. But like knowing like his history and everything, but I'm leaning more towards Tracy McGrady, uh, because of you know his memorable moments. So I, I, I would go Hakeem. Uh, Harden, Yao, and Tracy. <clears throat> Chris, love, also, love, also Chris Paul is up there. I know he only it was only a few times, but look, Chris Paul on the Rockets was the best version of Chris Paul. That ooh, I, I love I love that. I don't know I don't know if it was the I might I might have to push back on that a little bit because once Chris Paul went plant based, that version of Chris <laughs> yeah. Paul okay. looked pretty pretty well, damn how about, good. How about first season Rockets, uh, Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah. First season Rockets, Chris Paul was incredible. That was a special season, right? The 65 wins, most wins in franchise history. It was great. You know, my, my Mount Rushmore of like favorite Rockets players kind of changes a little bit again, going under that guise of, you know, if I'm operating under the assumption of guys that I actually got to watch and experience myself, yeah. it, it actually, I roll with, Stevie franchise because that was yeah. the player like in the early 2000s that mm-hmm. I first started really watching and starting mm-hmm. to love the team and get into it. But then it goes Tracy McGrady and Yao Ming, 1A, 1B, however yeah. you want to put it, right? The T-Mac and Yao era. Oh, yeah. That's where I that's where I really like fell in love with the game and started like learning about like the cap and trades and Brown yeah. fans and all of that. And all then obviously the, 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 the beard has to be on there as well. That's that's kind of rounding out my four. But I think if you go like the all-time Rockets, like Mount Rushmore, then yeah, it's got to be some combination of Hakeem, uh, Calvin Murphy, James Harden is on there. And then I think if we're going really like all-time, then you got to throw Rudy T on the Mount Rushmore. Oh side. yeah, Rudy T or Moses. That would be a good one as well. I think I think Rudy T makes it makes the cut over Moses because he had like the time as a player, right? Yeah. And then he also had the obviously co- you know being All the time. coach of the back to back championships. So that that I think gives him like the cut above the rest. I yeah, think he basically go Hakeem and then Rudy T on the Mount Rushmore. Like he's the second guy yeah. on the Mount Rushmore, honestly. But uh, Rico, I'd be I'd be remiss if I didn't get in at least a couple questions here about your time on Modern Family. I yeah, can't bring you on ahead. here and not ask you about that. Locked so, on Modern Family podcast now. <laughs> check the logo I'm, real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do it. You know I should have had it. I should have had that teed up. I should have just had like a little like crummy Photoshop made in the background. <laughs> yeah. I'm slacking as the producer on the back end here. But okay. let so just walk me through like you know growing up you know on the set of a show like that. How what's that like? like how did you keep yourself grounded? It, it was, I mean, first off, I have an amazing family. So they, you know, first off, I mean, they keep me down to earth. I mean, they're the best support system ever. And honestly, I started when, the show when I was so young, but yet I was, 
you know, my, my parents really preached to me about being professional and about being a, a true pro on set. It, it didn't matter by age. And so by the time when I was on, when, when I got the opportunity to be on Modern Family, I was, I was nine going into 10. So I started really young and kind of just burst onto the scene. I mean, being able to learn first off from Ed O'Neill, who was the OG veteran that I got to work with ever. I mean, he, he is literally the greatest ever, in my opinion, just because, you know, he, he's done so much in his career. And to be at his age, to still go into another sitcom that lasted 11 more years, it's crazy. And the fact that starting so young and, and to be able to have a good support system and, like, the cast and crew on the show were amazing. So it really wasn't a hard thing of, like, oh, how do I be a kid or how do I do this? I mean, I was able to be myself but also play a character. Like when I was on set and I was, they say action, I was Manny. I was Manny full on. But as soon as they said cut, I was Rico being a kid talking about WWE and talking all about this, talking their head off. And then, you know, as again, like with my sports fandom, you know, I got to talk to, as I got older, I knew more about sports. So I got to talk more about with them. And, you know, being able to be on a show like that was a true blessing. And, and you know, I enjoyed every single minute on that show being able to film on it. So I, I got to know who who of the of the cast who on set is is the most like their character once the camera stops. Ooh, um, probably Ty, who plays uh, Phil. He's 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 a jokester. I mean, that man, the watching him work is, is so is a show on its own because he he he's a comedic genius. I mean, the, all the cast on our show, they all brought something that no one else could bring. You know what I mean? But watching him do his thing, it was so cool because off off camera, he's always joking, wisecracking, making jokes, making songs up. And then on the show, you know, as soon as they call action, he's wisecracking, making jokes and just doing random things every episode, which made it like so like whenever we watched the, uh, whenever we watched the final airing that came on TV, we didn't know what takes they would use because he would always do something different every take. And it was always something new. And and watching him. So I would say him, Sophia was really close to her character just because, I mean, she's almost pretty much accurate to, to Gloria. Um, give or take a few, her accent, she, she put on her accent a little bit more for Gloria, just a little bit, but for the most part, she, she's really close to her character too. All right. Now, last one here before we get before we get you out of here. I got to know, give me there's got to be some like little like backstage story or like some funny moment that you can share with us here. It's not necessarily an exclusive, but like just <laughs> a, a, a memory that, that stands out to you about working on the show. Honestly, I think the chemistry on our show was all true from the from the very beginning. I think I think that's something that you know, in Hollywood, sometimes, you know, you don't have cast that mesh well together. Sometimes, like, on, on screen, they, they do good. But, like, behind the scenes, they, you know, may dislike one person or may not work well with another. On our show, there was never anything like that. I mean, every single person loved what we were doing. And then the cast and crew loved what they were doing. And I think not, like, only, like, stories, but, like, like one cool thing. So, like, every year we had, like, fun directors, like, you know, come on our set, like, we had like Fred Savage, we had Brian Cranston, and so on, so on. So with Brian Cranston, he was on Breaking Bad, right, for his awesome run in it. And so during the off season of filming his show, he came to direct an episode of ours. And so one of the, you know, we had been planning uh, early on. You know, me and my co-star Nolan, we were planning 
uh, a Nerf war on set. So like we had our prop guys, they had like these modified Nerf guns where like they like took like the, the motor out and put like a souped in one. And then like <laughs> they spray painted it, camo. They added like these extra long uh, carts for like for the bullets, right? And like ducked, as soon as we were done shooting one, we like in a video game, we go bah, bah, and like ready to go, like no time lost. So we had put up like a sign up sheet, right? During that week, that was the week we were gonna do it. So we were gonna do it during a lunch break. So everyone was offset and we were able to come in and we were gonna play capture the flag. So we put up a sign up sheet of like who would, who would, you know, like, you know, 10 people, 16 people, whatever, who was gonna participate, you know, bring all the guns and whatnot. We have tons of them. Well, one of the sign up dudes uh, was Brian Cranston. He was like, what are y'all doing? We're like, oh, we're gonna do a, a Nerf war. He goes, oh, I wanna play. And so we ended up, doing a nerf war with brian cranston as our teammate and we got to like go around and we were so young and we were playing capture flag and we're, blah, 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 and we're on the rafters on top of the set because like you know on our set there was no roof right it was also like the sound guys could sit up there or the lights so we we're up there like boom 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 with brian cranston it was the coolest and like the most like random thing but like that we got to have a nerf war with brian cranston <laughs> I love that. That's a, that's an incredible story. And I love hearing that the, that the the chemistry that you know is that radiates throughout the show is genuine, right? Because oh, yeah. I think that that is one of the special things about Modern Family is it, you can really tell that the way that you guys all would interact and that the way that the characters were portrayed and stuff it mm -hmm. it really did come across as one of the most genuine TV shows that has been on th this past decade. Oh, yeah. That's why it's a, it's a personal favorite of mine. It's a personal well, favorite you. for for you know millions of people everywhere. So. Rico, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, man. What do you have a parting message that you want to shout out to to Rockets fans, Modern Family fans, the the intersection of those that might be I, watching the show? I, I think in general, like just like the the fans of like Modern Family fans, like thank you so much for watching. You're the best in the world. Um, and then I would say for for basketball fans, you know, look, the future is so bright, and I think that you know we're gonna have ups and downs as always, but I think. In year two and three of this rebuild, we're going to be looking at a team that's going to compete, competes hard. And, you know, I, I just, I look, whatever happens with the team happens, but the future is so bright that you can't help but smile thinking about it. So I think, like, look, you know, we're going to have, like I said, ups and downs, but the future is so bright, guys. I mean, I see it. I see it firsthand. And I see it too. And I try to, I try to keep the, we try to keep the good vibes going here at Locked on oh, Rocket. Yeah. But Rico, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you so much for making time to be on the show. Yo, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. That's going to do it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed our very special guest, Rico Rodriguez. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new Odyssey app, free and available on all platforms. Also check out the new Locked on Rockets YouTube channel. Search Locked on Rockets on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. As always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.